from the pulpit of Pastor Paul Bailey, this is the Modern Pew Podcast. He's starting today, Revelations chapter 21, that talks about a, a future day, you know, a different day than the day that we're living in right now, where things are going to be different. So if you got your pages with me today, I've got them printed out for Revelations 21, 2 through 5. Um, I'm going to read that together right now. It says, And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Reading through verse 5, verse 3 says, And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Verse 4 a little bit of hope here it says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Verse 5 says, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Praise God. You know, this passage addresses and talks about God's, you know, you could say his ultimate plan. You know, it's talking about a day that's not the day we live in right now, some future thing, some future time that's going to come after the time that we're living in right now, where there's not going to be any more tears, there's not going to be any more sorrow, there's not going to be any more death, there's not going to be any more pain. And truthfully, um, I find hope in that. I find hope in that because sometimes the, the the life that we're living right now, the time that we're in right now, the age that we're in right now can be difficult. You know, and um, nobody's in this room that hasn't experienced loss or the struggle of um, whether it be a maturational loss, which is something you just kind of expect over time. You know, um, as hard as it was to lose Brother C.L. Brown this week, um, I know that he would prefer it had been him than anybody else in this room. Yes? It's tough to think about that, but he was 80-something years old lived a good life, a full life, ready to meet the Lord. And I can't imagine him saying, you know, so that's very much a maturational type thing. Some of the losses that we suffer in this life are not maturational. Some of us have lost people what we might consider before their time. Some of us have had some hard losses, things I can't relate to, don't want to relate to. Um, but that's the, that's the, that's the age that we live in. That's the life that we're living right now. And this scripture is talking about where I find hope in that scripture saying, you know, God's got something set up for us different than this. You know, at one point in time, he told his disciples, says, I'm, I'm going to prepare a place, you know, that where I am there, you may be also. And I, I think back to the account of creation in Genesis where it talks about it on day one, God did this. On day two, God did this. On day three, God did this. And, you know, whether that was a 24-hour cycle or or what day it was, I know that the Lord has been gone from earth in physical form, the body of Christ, for right around 2,000 years. And if he said, I'm going to work on a place that where I am there, you may be also, you know, I'm, we're going to be together again. I can't imagine with all the, there is beauty in this world, Yes. Anybody see the butterflies as you were walking in today? Anybody catch that or not? I saw some butterflies out out there this morning, just beautiful out there next to the sidewalk. And um, there's a lot of beauty in this world and a lot of hardship in this world, but a lot of beauty in this world. And if all the things, all the things that are beautiful 
in this world and satisfying in this world were created by God in such a short amount of time. Just imagine, well, we can't, can we? The Bible says we can't. We can't, we can't imagine the things. You know, eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. Is that what the word says? Am I close on that one? The things that the Lord has prepared for them that love him. And so it's like he's been working on preparing a place for us. And then one day, God's going to call time. And then sometime after that, this time that the Bible is talking about there in Revelation 21 is going to come to pass. So I find hope in that promise. My soul looks forward to that day that's being described there. And as a congregation, I think that we should find comfort in that assurance. In the future, there will be no more death. There will be no more suffering. All things are going to be made right, and mortality that we deal with right now is going to put on an immortality. We're going to be able to live forever in that city that's being described some sweet day, some some day in the future. Yes, some day in the future. We're promised that there will be no more death, sorrow, crying, pain, but in case you hadn't figured it out, that's not this day. That's not, he's talking about somewhere in the future. He's not, he's not, that writer is not talking about what the things that he's seeing that's transpiring in the hour that we're currently living in. Psalms 147 and 3, the next passage I've got for us this morning. Bring that up for the folks that are at home. Psalms 147, 3 says this. He healeth, everybody say eth. <laughs> he healeth. <laughs> It's not the full word, but it's not just he heals, right? He healeth. He healeth the broken in heart. And bind eth. Everybody say eth. Bind eth up their wounds. And why am I saying that? Because that, that, adding that little part on there talks about there's something that's like actively doing now. It's not just something that's off in the future. It's not just something that's off in the past. It's like something that's taking place right now. So in the future, we can look forward to that day that does not include brokenness, right? And, and let's be clear on that. If you go back and, and look at what is how it's written in Revelations, he's not saying you're not going to feel those things. So he's not making us numb to the things that bring brokenness into our life now, right? He's actually going to, we're going to have a life that doesn't include those things that bring brokenness into our life. He's not saying that you're going to still be losing people. You just ain't going to cry about it. You're going to lose people. You're just not going to be sorry. He said, no, there's going to be any more death that in, in that day, right? So the, he's not saying I'm just going to take away the brokenness. He says we're going to have a, a, a life that we're going to be living when that mortal person puts on that immortality, when God calls time in the, the world to come, in the time to come. It's not just I'm going to give you a different way to walk through things emotionally, to protect you emotionally. I'm not sure that sounds like a very good time, honestly, where we're not impacted or affected by, by things. He's saying those things aren't going to be a part of your life. I'm removing death. I'm removing so not just removing the sorrow from death. I'm removing death. We're not going to have to contend with that. So this passage speaks about, this passage in Psalms is talking about what God's ability is to heal our brokenness in the day we live. In the hour we live. So yes, one day we're not going to have to contend with the things that bring brokenness into our life that are hurting us now, that cause us to weep now, that cause us to mourn and feel that loss 
right now that some of us are feeling very deeply today. I'm numbered among them. He's saying that's going to be taken away from you. The actual death is going to be taken away from you. He's saying right now in this particular passage where he healeth and bindeth is that he can do something in the day that we live right now. He can do something for us with the emotions that we're feeling right now, with the grief that we're stricken with right now, with the sorrow that we have right now. He can healeth it. He healeth up those things. He bindeth up those things. And I'm glad to know that one day we won't be experiencing those things. But I'm also glad to know that in this day, God can still be God. Because he's not just a God of tomorrow. He's not just a God of the future. But he's a God of right now. So he says, one day I'm going to have something different for you. If you love me and you live for me and are ready for me when I call time in your life, I've got something different for you. But also, I'm not just leaving you with a hope. What the apostle said, if we had hope only, we'd be of all men most miserable. Now that's part of the scripture. I'm not trying to trash the scripture. There was a little bit more to it than that. But hope is a good thing in the Christian life. Amen. I'm glad to have hope today for what that future will hold, to, to what God is going to do for us one day. But I'm also glad to have a relationship with my Heavenly Father that had the ability to healeth and bindeth those things that are going on in my life right now, because right now I need God. I don't just want something that one sweet day, something will be different. So God is the God of tomorrow. He's also the God of today, and he is the ultimate healer of broken hearts, and God can bind up our wounds right now. While we can and should lean on each other, I would encourage you to also find time with God to allow God, because he's the ultimate healer. You know, I get a lot from his body. I get a lot from fellowship. I get a lot from, from people loving on me. Uh, both close and from afar, just a, a kind word can go a long way with me and minister to me in ways that some of you may never know. You know, sometimes I, um, somebody will just say something and it'll stick with me. I'm kind of a words person, kind of a words person. 2006, um, it must have been Pastor Appreciation Month or something. Brother Brown made me a plaque. Some of y'all probably remember that. Made me a plaque that says he shall feed his flock as a shepherd, I think. I dug it out of the closet the other day. Gifts don't mean a lot to me sometimes, but that had words associated with it. And on the back of that, a bunch of signatures saying, we love you, Pastor. Thank you for what you're doing. And um, I, I broke that out of the closet, and I've been looking at the front of it, and I looked at the back of it quite a bit in the last 24 hours, quite honestly. And... Good memories, but so many people that were on the, had signed the back of that thing are no longer with us. Got Jenny Dover on there, man. 2006. Brother Lee Head, my mom, my dad, upper left-hand corner, Brother C.O. Brown, Jackie and Jennifer. I mean, just, you know, I appreciate the church body, what they what they gave me that day, and I really appreciate all the people that were in our life back then. And but life just kind of changes sometimes, doesn't it? And sometimes we lose those that we love, and you know it's um it's not always um, 
It's not always the death, the life that we're living right now. There's, there's other losses that we go through, isn't there? There's a lot of other losses that bring brokenness into our life, whether it's a divorce or whether it's a separation or whether it's losing a job or sickness or financial issues, health issues. And there's all kinds of stuff that brings brokenness into our life. And I'm thankful to have a right now God that doesn't just tell me one day it'll all be better. One day it'll all be good, but he can step into my life right now and minister to me right where I'm at right now and start healing me and bindeth up those wounds that are in my life. Amen. So let's lean on each other. Let's love on each other. Let's be there for each other. Let's prepare food and let's fellowship and let's have fond memories. But at the same time, let's make sure we're allowing God to have access to our life to touch those things that only God can touch and heal in only ways that he can. Amen. Uh, uh, The third scripture I've got this morning is from 1 Thessalonians. I think I've still got that up for folks that are home, verses 13 through 17. Well, we've lost someone that we love, and that's a fact. Amen? The Bible offers us other facts that we should also consider at this time. First Thessalonians four thirteen through 17. But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. Verse 14 says, for if we believe that Jesus died, anybody believe that? I believe that. And rose again, do you believe that? Even so, then which also asleep in, which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Praise God. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Verse 17, then we, we, then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Excuse me. The Bible assures us that believers who have passed away are not lost. They're just asleep. We see many scriptures that teach us that, asleep in Jesus. And we will, they will, you know, if we pass away before the Lord comes, they will be alive again. Scripture teaches us that. So we lost Brother C.L. Brown this week. Yes, that's a fact. But I think we should consider these facts also when we're processing everything that's going on. We're saying, well, we lost him, but he's not lost. Amen. He's not with us, but he's with him, absent from the body, present with the Lord. And so, you know, sometimes when I go to sleep, I can be out for a long time. I wake up, it feels like it was just like that. So do, do I understand exactly what takes place? No, I, I, we see through a glass darkly right now. But I've got enough scripture to rely on that I know he's not lost to us and that we will be together again if we're ready to meet the Lord when the Lord calls time. Right, Brother Alonzo? We need to be ready, don't we? Not enough to be one of the ten. Got to be one of the five. And we, because he's going to call time one day, and it's on us to make sure that we are ready. Should he call time while we're still all alive, or should he call time on us? And some of us, because if he doesn't call time while we're all still alive, somebody in this room will be the next to go, yes? Might be me, might be you. I don't know that. We don't know that. But I need to know 
that I'm ready to go when he calls time, as Brother Brown was. So the Bible tells us that they will be alive again. We grieve for the loss of loved ones, and I'm grieving today. I make no apology for it. I'm hurting today. You know, um, Brother Brown, and some of you may have had think of this morning that sometimes I just felt like God just sent Brother Brown to us just for me. Anybody ever feel that way about brother? I'm just serious. I just think this morning, you know, there may be other people in this room feel the same way. <laughs> that, you know, just by, but I, I think about all the precious times over the last year or so when if it was just somebody walking him to the car, just being the body of Christ, right? He doesn't need to be walking by himself right now or walking him and Sister Charlotte out, just putting an arm out, helping them come in, helping them go out, that type of thing, just, just being the body of Christ. And, and, and so we miss that element today, and there were times, absolutely, I've just felt, well, God just sent him here for me. Got so many different areas of my life where he's touched. He was such a builder, you know, working with his hands on stuff. Uh, Many of you may not know this, but the church building where we used to have services out in Bowden Junction, but he actually made those windows that were in that building. I don't know if y'all know that or not. Those beautiful blue and white crosses that were there when we first got hold of that building, they had plywood over them. And me and Brother Brown were talking one day. It's like, you know, we need some kind of windows to go in there. And um, at that time, the logo we had used for that church was, for the church, was those blue blocks and the white cross in the middle of those blue blocks. And he went home and started building windows that looked just like that to put in that church house and that church building where we worshipped. Um, the first time I, I had written when we were self-publishing that book on baptism in Jesus named Take Me to the River, um, I've still got one of the original copies that we used to give to visitors out there, and it's got a picture of me in front of one of those windows that Brother Brown had built and had some blinds put over. It was a little bit bright in the sanctuary, so we put some blinds over it so it would kind of come through like a um, like a little bit of a fuzzy version of the cross. Just beautiful. Just beautiful. That, that church house, you may not realize that he, he cut doors in two and helped us knock down walls and built those desks back in that computer lab when we were trying to set up stuff for some of the kids in the neighborhood to study after school, have a place to come after school to help them with their grades. I mean, just anything that needed to be done. And when we decided to, to move the church to here, um, Brother Brown had a great big old panel truck that he was loading up and just moving stuff, just any, anything that he could do. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Just anything he can do. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I do. His focus was always on on building and something. To, um, anybody remember Brother Bill White, who's now gone? Anybody remember my mom, which is now gone? I went to Brother went to Brother Brown one time. I said, Brother Brown, I said, he he, he used to craft things with his hands. He'd make those rocking chairs. As I, my my sister in law still has two of his rocking chairs on her porch. We went down there a couple of weeks ago. I was like, man, I recognize those rocking chairs. And um, I went to Brother Brown, and I said, Brother Brown, I said, I want you to build me a swing that me, Brother Bill White, and my mom can sit on together. <laughs> so I'm just going to tell you, you know, uh, any of us could challenge most swings. <laughs> it's like that swing that's on the porch out at the Brown's house right now, um, I don't sit in today. I haven't, I haven't proven that out. But he said, yeah, I can build that. And uh, he built that swing that, um, many of y'all may have seen behind my where my mother used to live, that brick house, that um, would do it, absolutely do it. It was a he built something strong for us, and so you know we grieve today, right? We we grieve today, but one day we'll be back together. 
said the dead in Christ are going to rise first. Those that are asleep are going to rise first. Then we which are alive and remain will rise to meet them, and together we'll be forever with the Lord. So we've lost, we hurt, we grieve. That's a fact. Those that are asleep in Christ will rise again. That's also a fact. We got it in the Word of God. So please find comfort in the hope of being reunited with those that are asleep in Jesus. Amen. Just as sure as the laws of gravity is a fact. Anybody figured that one out? I figured it out a couple of weeks ago. Fell outside. <laughs> Fell backwards. Landed on the, on, the, on the deck. Praise God. I don't remember. I lost my footing or something. I don't remember what happened. Gravity is a fact. And you ain't, let me tell you something. You ain't even got to believe in gravity. It'll still get a hold of you. And gravity is a fact. Laws of aerodynamics are also a fact. We take paper airplanes and fly them around the room, some better than others. We take an airplane and fly it around the world, some better than others. Amen? So there are facts out there, harsh facts. We lost Brother Brown this week. Harsh facts. Next time we have a men's fellowship out at Martin's. Is it Martin's we go to? He won't be with us. Harsh fact, right? Harsh fact. He didn't show up here at 1030 this morning like he normally does 30 minutes before preaching starts. Or 930. (laughs) But the other fact is that the dead in Christ will rise again. And that's also a fact. So over the years, um, I've learned many things from Brother Brown. I've laughed a lot. I've learned a lot from his life. Um, I'll close down in just a few minutes. Again, I'm not trying to preach a funeral here today, but um, I remember him telling us one day that some people can smell snakes. (laughs) I believe it's true. And Sister Sandy will tell you the rest of that story after church when I don't have a hot mic. (laughs) I remember Brother Brown came to church one morning and had a cut on his head. I said, Brother Brown, what happened? Now, y'all know Charlotte, too, now. I didn't know Charlotte as much at the time, but his response was, she said, shut up. I thought she said, stand up. <laughs> what a funny man. What a funny man. And I, I know he was joking, but what a what a quick wit. He, he, he told me one time, he said, Brother Bailey, he says, I've never been on time for a day's work. He said, but I've never been late. Never been late. So I always show up early enough to drink a cup of coffee. And he's proven that out with church, too. I don't think he's ever been on time for church. But I don't think he was ever late when he was when he was when had control of everything. You with me? He, he'd literally be here 30 minutes early, and he'd be sitting here while I'm getting ready to preach. And, you know, and sometimes, sometimes, you know, the conversation was just a little awkward, as, as happens when folks age sometimes. And sometimes I didn't. Didn't know what to say to him. So a lot of times he'd just hear, you know, Brother Brown, I hope you know how much I love you. He said, I do. I love you too. This week... Well, I've learned a lot from him in his life. I really have. Brilliant guy. Really was. Smart, smart man. This week, his death has reminded me of something that James said, and that'll be the last scripture I read this morning. James 4 and 14. 
says this. Tempted to read a little more than that. I'll leave it at that. Y'all can put it in context. Says, where you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanishes away. And I would just encourage you to make the most out of whatever time we have. Make sure we're living life to its fullest. Make sure we're taking care of those around us the best we can and being what we need to be for those that are in our life. Amen. Praise God. Um, let's stand together. We dismiss in prayer this morning. Brother Alonzo, I'm going to anoint you with oil. I know you're struggling with some things physically this morning. Anybody that feels led to come over and pray with Brother Alonzo, feel free to. But I'm going to go ahead and shut this shut this part down for those that are at home. God bless you for joining us online. Hi, this is Pastor Bailey. Thank you for listening to the Modern Pew Podcast. Most Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, we have live preaching. You can listen to the audio stream on the modernpew.com website, or you can watch the video feed on Facebook Live. If you'll take time to visit the modernpew.com website, you will find a contact form on there where you can let us know where you're listening from or send any prayer requests. There's also a link on the website where you can offer financial support, and of course, we would appreciate any support that you might feel led to provide for the ministry. Pray for us when you pray. God bless you. Have a wonderful day, and thank you again for listening to the Modern Pew Podcast.